casuals, step out your seats, greet two or three people, welcome them, amen, Bible says be hospitable, amen, put a smile, greet them with a smile and say it's good to see you today in the house of the Lord. Let's go with me this morning to the book of First Timothy, chapter 6. We're going to read from verse 6 to verse 12. 12a. I caught just the first part of verse 12. So it's First Timothy, chapter 6, and we're reading from verse 6 to 12. If you just go ahead and just stand with me and just read the scriptures for a moment. Amen. Are you there? Amen. And the word of God reads thus, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 12. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Somebody say, godliness with contentment is great gain. Say, great gain. Come on, say it again. Great gain. All right, praise the Lord. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunges people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, man of God, you, woman of God, flee, run from all of this and pursue. Somebody say, pursue. Say, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Let's pray. Father, in the match this wonderful, beautiful powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, Heavenly Father, we come before you and as we are gathered around your word, we pray by the grace of God that you will speak personally, intimately, Father God, to us and corporately, Lord, as a body in this place and may we, Father God, use the ears that you've given us, Heavenly Father, to hear. We bind every demonic work, wild scheme, tactic, nefarious activity, doctrine, ideology of Satan, every lion, demonic spirit we come against right now in the name of Jesus. We plead the precious blood of Jesus upon hearts and upon minds in this place and we decree and declare that this, every soul, every person in this place is holy ground, Father God. May you by your spirit, Father God, speak, Father God, to our souls and may your word, your word, your word, Heavenly Father, rest upon the good soil of our hearts and take root and bear fruit to your honor and to your glory. And everyone said, 
And everyone said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may go ahead and be seated today. Amen. I think I, I've got a good one today from, from, from the Lord. How many people want to say amen to that? Praise the Lord. It is said that you're not really supposed to preach anything on a Sunday uh, that, the, that the people that you preach to can't practice or, or live out on a Monday. Does that make sense to you? Amen. How many people know the Word of God is supposed to be implemented, appro appropriated, put into pr practice, that the Word is supposed to armor us to live? How many people know it doesn't make sense hearing something in, or someone speaking to us and, and telling us a truth if we're not going to actually use that truth. Amen. Wisdom, wisdom, they say, is the right or the correct application of truth. It's one thing to know the truth, but it's really, it's a whole, it's a whole never level of living. It's actually wisdom to take the truth and put it into practice. Matthew 7, Jesus said, whoever hears these words of mine and says, oh, powerful word, powerful preaching and does nothing. No, he says, whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Somebody say, into practice. Whoever hears these words of mine and appropriates them, puts them into practice. I will liken that person as someone who's building their, their house, their, their, their life, their destiny, their hopes, their dreams on a rock, upon something solid, something that is stable so that whatever ever is to take place, amen, if a storm takes place, then they will last through it and they will not suffer loss. But whoever heard, hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice, does not implements them is, is likened or is like a person who builds, who constructs, who establishes their, their very house, their very life upon sand. And when the storm comes, they, they suffer what? Great loss. Praise the Lord. The subject matter I want to speak to today is, um, I want to touch on it today to a certain degree, is the prosperity gospel or the prosperity message, as they say. Somebody say prosperity. And it's known throughout this world, uh, many call it the, the prosperity gospel, or, or I, I like to call it the so-called prosperity gospel. Because gospel is supposed to be good news. It should be something good that, that somebody wants to hear, that somebody wants to receive, and that somebody should obey. But when one looks at, at what is taking place for, throughout the world, and especially uh, not just in the world, it's in the world but, but Christendom, in, amongst, the, amongst the saints, amongst Christians, and what is very much being, being, being um, propagated and, 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 and held up as an ideal in, Christ, in Christianity, this prosperity gospel. When one really looks at it and really lines it up against the word of God, amen, then you would, I believe that you and I will, will, become, will become loathed to call it a gospel, to call it good news, amen, when in fact it's really bad news, amen, when it's lined up, amen, against the biblical doctrine and basic, even worldly wisdom, even, the, I mean, no, this, this, this word here on the prosperity gospel is not just good for, for Christians, not just good for people in church to, to, to implement and, and to put into practice in their lives. It's even good for unsaved people. Amen. So there's, like I said, there's much teachings within the church today, but they were on, on prosperity. And there was, there was much in yesterday, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says that, now the Spirit expressly says that in these last days, these, these, that some will depart from the faith. Faith, faith is not just like believing something. Faith is, is actually living and engaging and having a relationship with God. For the Bible says that the just are called to live by what? Faith, to live by faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Hearing by the word of God. So there's this, in, there's this inter, 
a personal relate there's this there's this interrelationship a relating to god you're you're in the presence of god you're in god's word amen you praise god you 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 worship god you're in relationship with him you open you pray you open your heart you go you're in an environment where where, where where god is where you're able he's able to confirm things that he's speaking to your heart and then you respond to him you respond to him to how he speaks to you that's called living by what faith Faith has much to do with a relationship, intimacy, walking, living, talking, and hearing, and communing with God. Somebody say faith. Say faith is relationship. That's what it is. That is That to me is the fundamental of faith. Walk by faith. Faith is not just, uh, it's not what many will, st- will, 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 will spout and say, oh, just believe this and just believe that. Oh, you want this, you want that, then just believe that. Oh, you need this in your life, then just say this. People will make out in this world, in the prosperity gospel, that faith is whatever you say. No, faith is not whatever you say. Faith is when you say what God says to your life and to your heart. Are you hearing me? That is what faith is. Praise the Lord. I'm taking your silence and your lack of amens to mean that this is going home. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, Bible says that in these last days that many will depart from the faith. They're not going to want to hear God speaking to their lives. They're not going to be in so much of a relationship and intimacy with God that they will depart from the faith. From hearing God, from listening to God, from, 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 being, from being open to God, speaking to their lives, and then living by what God says to them. But, it goes on to say, but they will give heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons. That many people now these days, then, that in these last days, will actually be taught and instructed by devils, by demons. Are you hearing me? I want to let you know that there's a quiet, listen, and that happens and takes place within the church. Can people be taught by a devil and by a demon in the church? Of course they can. Of course they can. Listen, if God made a perfect environment for man and the devil was still able to instruct and teach Adam and Eve and influence them, let me tell you something, it could happen in the house of God. Amen. All it takes is for somebody to get the, 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 the wrong, the wrong, the wrong interpretation of something. Or, or have a desire in their life, or have a desire in their heart, and then see something in the Word of God. And the Bible says that these days, says in Peter, that people can take the Word of God and twist, twist it, twist it, so it says what they want it to say or what they desire. Are you, are you hearing me? Praise the Lord. These days, too, so much, it's so much easier for the body of Christ to be lazy. Not take it upon themselves that, that even when they, when they go to church or they, they listen to someone preaching or teaching through some form of, of medium, that they're so lazy these days that, that many of us, we don't even want to go back and check and use discernment prayerfully and wonder if the things what I heard is truly the truth of what God is saying. Because some people know there's such a thing as itchy ears. You ever heard something, man, and it sounds so good that you just, yeah, I like that. Amen? Because it, it fits with something that you want, that I want. It fits with something that, yeah, I, I, I like that. Yeah. Stand up and spin around. I said, you're getting the car right now. God said, just speak it out. God's doing this in your life and God's doing that. How many of you know faith is about intimacy and a relationship with God? Let me move on. Amen. People could use the Bible, the Word of God, to substantiate things, justify things, actions, behavior. 
Humanity has shown over the ages that we have a capacity to use any platform, whether it be the church or, or, or a political place or some kind of position, any platform to propagate or to substantiate or justify something that we might want to do or achieve. Slavers used to use the Bible to justify slavery. Oh, you ain't going to say amen now. Amen. Men have been used, have been, have been known to use the Bible to subjugate women. My is my microphone working today? ISIS or many from the Arab regions and the Muslim Islamic regions, amen, have been known to use their Quran to substantiate and justify murder and terrorist activities. Are you hearing me? It says it there, 2 Peter 3.16. It says that some people, untaught, unstable people, twist the word to their own destruction. Untaught, they're not fully sanctified by truth. Un unstable, they're neither here nor there. So whatever flows, whatever, they, they say they're in their feelings. <laughs> Amen? They, when he says someone's in their feelings, they're just going by what they feel. And when someone's in their feelings, they're, they're, they're very uh, um, overly emotional. There's no stability there. There's no substance there. Amen? Ephesians 4 says that God has given the church, given you and I, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and the such to equip the saints so that the saints, the lights of you and I, will not be children, watch this, tossed to and fro, pulled here, pulled here, led there, led there, tossed to and fro by deceiving doctrines and teachings. Amen? It says that Ephesians 4. Praise the Lord. Verses 12 to 14. That, that was. This prosperity gospel, this, this thing, this thing that, that's making, that's been making inroads into the church since the gospel began. Back then, and it's still here to do, it ain't nothing new. Paul was dealing with it here. That's what that scripture is about. He's, de he's dealing with this prosperity gospel. You know, that we've, we've many, many of you have heard that, 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 that season, that the name it and claim it season. Whatever you want, name it and claim it. I want Carlton to run the sound. Name it and claim it. Amen. I want a million pounds. Name it and claim it. We want him or her. Name it and claim it. Want to drive a big house and big car? Name it and claim it. Come on, somebody. Want a better picnic? Name it and claim it. Amen. I wish I was a lighter shade or complexion. Name it or bleach it. You think that's funny, but that's where exactly where this message is going. Amen. The prosperity. I want more. I want better. The grass is greener on the other side. And it may very well be. But that doesn't mean it's going to taste any better than what size you're on. Are you hearing me? The Apostle Paul begins to write to this young man, Timothy. And he begins to tell, tell them, listen, there, 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 there is a doctrine. There's a devilish, there's a demonic doctrine. There's a, there's a devilish philosophy that's running through Christendom, the kingdom of God. 
and it is that people think that godliness is a means to financial gain, to prosperity, to wealth. And he begins to describe these corrupt teachers who divert believers from true faith. Somebody say true faith. It's a heretic, it's a heretical, heretical teaching that infiltrated the church back then. And it's in the church today. Many, 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 and one of the ways it, it gets in is that many, many leaders, I'm not saying all, but there are many leaders that, that have gained enormous wealth, money, houses, cars, off the back of their congregation. You ain't got to say amen. And then where things go wrong, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's some two that haven't done that, and yet they have lots of wealth. Many houses, many cars. I don't know how many houses you could live in at one time, but anyway. I don't know how many cars you can drive at one time, but any, I don't know how many jets you can fly, but anyway. There's this more, more, more accumulation. And, and maybe some, some of them uh, haven't done it off the back of their congregations. But, 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 but maybe, maybe, maybe some of them have such, such, such wealth that, uh, from other things, from other investments. And they may feel a, a way and that they need to kind of like justify it to their congregation and say, well, God done it for me so he can do it for you. And that's how this prosperity gospel begins to creep in. They prop themselves up as an example of, look, look at me. Look where I am in life. Look what I have. Therefore, I'm telling you that God wants to do this for you. I've got some good news for you. That ain't gospel. That ain't God. Because what happens then is that people start going to church now, and their desire and their pursuit now is for wealth. Worldly material possessions. That becomes their primary pursuit I'm not saying it's a bad thing to want to desire more or better when it becomes a primary pursuit the desire of, of your heart bang in trouble are you hearing me it's a, I don't know in Acts chapter 2 verses 42 while I'm still here all these ha in the book of Acts it tells me that when people got saved back then the book of Acts tells me that people who had houses and cars, had a, who had a multiplicity of, 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 of world, worldly goods, they went and sold them. Oh, praise the Lord. And gave. I don't even know we need to give. But don't give to foolishness. I do not believe in giving to foolishness. I believe in knowing where the money is going and what it's for. I believe in watching over the money and making sure it gets to where it gets to. That's got me in trouble before in some ministries. I'll tell you that now. Because I believe that, that you don't just give blindly. Just get told what to do and, and, just, and just give. And you're supposed to keep giving and you're giving your life. Are you, are you hearing me? All, all I know is the Bible talks about soil. And how sometimes our life, our, our, our money can be a seed. Well, I want to put my seed in good ground. Not in any old ground where it's going to do something and affect the gospel or bless someone's life. 
Can somebody say amen? The book of Acts tells us how when people got saved, that those who had many houses would go and sell them. Let's flip the script. Let's literally flip the script. <laughs> In this day and age, it seems like when people get saved, amen, we want five houses. <laughs> Did, are, you, are you seeing this with me? It's back then we would sell and be content with, with the one or the whatever. But today, we want more <laughs> and more. That's a little tune there. Where's Shannon? And more. There's a little. Feel the vibe there. But anyway. More. Oh, that's it. More and more. <laughs> we should want more, but more of God. Amen? First Timothy 6 says this. Quickly moving. It says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap. Into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. It's a trap. How many of you have ever been marketed to? How many of you lately have been, been, been getting those things, you know? Yeah. You can pre-apply now for your credit card and see if you're going to get it. More and more. Yeah? Better phone, better house, better car. Not, not even, you won't get better clothes. You just get, you just get clothes, get the same clothes, but with a name on it this time. It's not like you're getting anything better than what you're already wearing. But spend five times, ten times what you're wearing now to get a brand name. Are you, are you hearing me? Before you know it, before you know it now, you're distracted and, and, and you're busy because you're busy chasing after that. And you're busy paying for that. Are you, are you hearing me? Now you haven't got time. You've been pierced. You've been captured. You've fallen into a trap. Praise the Lord. The pursuit of wealth and worldliness in this world is not of God. When you pursue it, you get distracted. Instead of making the most of where you're at. You get distracted from maximizing your current potential. Whenever you're in pursuit or want to make something better without taking care of where, where you're at and want to get better and want to get bigger, you're actually communicating in, in, in the spirit or to somebody that where you're at or, who you, or, or what you're dealing with, that you've rejected them. Amen? That's what was back in the day. I'll try not to do it so much now. Still being happy with my kids and accept them as they are and who they are. Learning to accept and be content that this is my lot and then look to invest in them. I'm saying, why aren't you like this? Why don't you get better than this? Why don't you just improve? And, you know, you, sometimes you get like that as a parent. You ain't going to say it, man. Little did I know that every time I said that and, I, and, and I, I was actually communicating that I'm not happy with them right now. I was sowing with, within them rejection. Thinking I'm doing something positive. Amen? When you want more, you begin to lack peace and you never appreciate what you have or where you're at. You, then, you, then you begin to develop a lack and a deficiency mentality. What you've got is never good enough. First Timothy 6, 11 says, says this. It says, but you, man of God, woman of God, flee. Flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Somebody say, fight the good fight of faith. 
This is where faith comes in now. We're going to be able to, you ever so many people, you ever heard people say, some of you may have heard people say, I have the dis- discernment of spirits. They ain't got, they ain't, often they got no discernment of spirits because they don't know what kind of devil's inside of them or working in their mind or their heart. But they're the type of people that look walking around looking for spirits and demons out there. They don't run around so well. Amen. They come home. They want to infiltrate your mindset, your mentality, and your heart. How you perceive, how you see, how you perceive and interpret things. Amen. When you hear demonic spirits, it's an immaterial force or influence. When you hear, when you, when you hear the word spirits, always speaking about something invisible or immaterial. Amen. It says, Paul says to Timothy, says to this, this, young, this young man of God, this, 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 this Christian, listen, you've got you to learn to discern when something's trying to draw you away from these here. This is what you need to pursue. How many of you know the, that God will, will bless you? Yeah. Seek you first, the kingdom of God. Bible says that that many people, many of the church, they have a form of godliness, but what? What's the Bible say? But they deny the what? The power thereof. In other words, that, 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 that the body of Christ, Christians, you and I have a form of godliness. We have a form of godliness. We, we, we're, we're of God. But there is lacking an expression to this generation of the grace of God, the power of God, it says. The church is not as, as powerful or effective as it should be. People are, are not getting saved and, 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 and delivered and things that need to be happening in our lives and through our lives is being frustrated. The power is being denied expression. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? It says that people can have a form of godliness but yet deny the power. The body of Christ, Christians, you and I, we want to gain, we want to move forward. The Bible says that we're able to have great gain. Lord have mercy. Somebody said, great gain. But we're being told, slipped into our, our, our mentalities and our attitudes, our mindset. We're being told, yeah, this is what you need to pursue. This is what you need to go after. And we buy into that. But he says here, flee from that. Reject that. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the other things that the world runs after will be added to you. Galatians 1.8 says, but, 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 but some of us, are, but I heard this message and I heard that message. It says Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel, Paul says, if I ever, or an angel from heaven should ever come and preach to you, anything that goes against this, may I be a curse. In other words, that's the devil right there. Amen. All right. How can we get this great gain into our lives? Well, the word of God says, godliness with contentment. Somebody said contentment. Look at your neighbor, ask your neighbor, are you satisfied with your worldly lot? 
It's hard to be satisfied with your worldly lot, especially when there's so much comparison going on. First Corinthians 10, or Second Corinthians 10. Yeah, Second Corinthians 10, 12 to 14 says, Paul says this, we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves. Oh, come on, somebody. And comparing themselves amongst each other are not wise. He's here, he's talking about boundaries. He said, listen, don't start to, to line up yourself and compare yourself to, 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 to the Cardassians. Are you hearing me? You see how much people out there are, are getting those, what, they, what kind of, we call them operation, um, operations? What do you call it? What do you call it? Implants. People used to try to keep it with the Joneses. Now they're trying to keep it with the Kardashians. Amen? People, uh, how many people know, they, they keep saying orange is the new black. Because people are trying to get tan and, and trying to get a bit dark and black and they're going to these tanning booths and they're coming out orange. Why can't people just be happy with their lot? With where God put them and in what flesh, what disposition that they've been placed in because they're comparing. They're measuring, them up, right? they're measuring themselves not by Christ but by, by themselves. They're forming an opinion of themselves by themselves or they're using somebody else's opinion on what somebody else is doing to evaluate themselves. How many people know the only thing you need to evaluate or the only thing you need to look into evaluate yourself is the grace of God, is the word of God, is the love of God. Amen. You, or, or you could evaluate yourself via someone, but only what you, what you see of Christ. Are you hearing me? It says, that's, it says it's stupid to become, that it is said that comparison is the enemy of contentment. You'll never be happy. Somebody say more and more. People want to be rich. Do you know rich being rich? Or well-off is, 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 is relative. Because you know what? Somebody might give you... If you're the type of person, I need 10 million pounds. And they give you 10 million pounds. You're going to look around. Your, 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 your level of living in a worldly sense is going to go to this level. And next minute, you're going to find yourself around billionaires. And guess what? You ain't rich no more. You poor. <laughs> Amen? Somebody said content. We're going to finish up now. Content is a Greek word. So I'm not sure I even try that. Ortakia. Yeah. Tell your neighbor Ortakia. <laughs> Amen. The word of God says godliness. Somebody said godliness. With contentment. When you've decided within yourself, you know what? I'm not going to want anymore. This is me. Are you hearing me? When you say, when you, when you, contentment is to be satisfied. Contentment is going to take you and I marking out our boundaries and our borders and, and say, you know what? No more past this. Whether it be with, it could be a myriad of areas of your lives where you need to be, check with yourself. And check with the, with the Spirit of God. Where you need to address some area of your life. And be learned to be content. Somebody say learn to be content. 
Okay, something that needs to be learned. It's something that needs to be implemented. It's something that's going to need to be established in our lives. Contentment means that you are sufficient there. That you're going to retreat and stop trying to become more in this area for that thing or for that thing or for that thing. You're going to stop being in pursuit of it. Somebody say contentment. Because if you allow yourself to be marketed to, to be drawn out of being contented and satisfied with what you have, you will fall into a trap which will then end up piercing you and get you in trouble. Are you hearing me? But don't worry, God's got something coming for you. We're going to see that in right in a minute. Somebody said, I've got to learn this. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take you being with God. Because again, we said your, your walk of faith, your life of faith is about your relationship with God. You've got to learn to, to, to take, take time and say, Lord, Lord I, I heard a word today. I'm not sure if it's true, but let me go back and listen to it. Let me go back and read it. And let me start praying to you about it. Because we've been marketed so much that now we walk around and, and we start judging ourselves because we're comparing ourselves by what we see, by what others have or don't have. Somebody has less than us. And even though, and, we, and, and, we, and you and I feel better because of that, there's something wrong. When you have more than somebody or you have more and you feel good about it, there's something wrong. The Bible says don't live or buy into or subscribe to the values of the world. 1 John 2.15, if anyone loves the world or the things, things in this world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, the love of the Father is not in them. In other words, don't buy into the value system of this world. Be content with your color. Come on, somebody, stop the bleaching. People are not even, con people are not even content with being their gender. Because they've been marked. They're not, they're not content with their ethnicity. But God wants, and when they're not content, it draws them away and they start doing foolishness. Amen. Paul says this, Philippians 4, verse 10, he says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished. So what's happened? He, he, he's in prison, and this church has um they've raised up an offering or for him, or they sent some food or, or, or some clothes for him. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm really, I'm really, 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 really happy. I know you guys have always been thinking about me and now you've, you've got an opportunity to, 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 to look out for me and to give me something, to send something for me. But then he goes on to say, not that I speak in regards to need. He says, for I have learned, somebody say learn, verse 11, that in whatever state I am in, to be content. He says, I know how to be a base not to have a lot, and I know how to abound. I know, to how, I know how to have a lot and it not affect me, not, not change me. How many know sometimes when people get money or they get something come into their life, it changes them. They start act different. Act like them is somebody. Paul says, I'm already somebody, whether I got a little or a lot. So when somebody tries to come and tempt me with getting a lot, they can't get me. I'm not going to buy it. That's not my pursuit. My pursuit is not to have 5, 10, 
15 houses and jets and planes to make to me to feel like I'm somebody. And if I ain't gotten as much as somebody else, guess what? I've already learned, amen, to still be somebody when I don't have a lot. Come on, somebody say amen. That's great game. He says, pursue this then. This is what you should go after. When I find it, I know one of them is righteousness. Right thinking, right attitude, right perspective. Righteousness. What's the right thing to think? What's the right way to, 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 to perceive this? What's the right way to look at this? Godliness. The Bible says that godliness is, is a mystery that is that in that God has become a man. That, that means godliness is, is the representation, the reflecting of Jesus Christ through our mortal bodies. Faith. We know faith is relational. It's engaging with the Lord. We need to pursue faith. Then love, patience, gentleness and such. These are conducts. These are behaviors. These are interactions with each other. We need to pursue that. We've got to learn to be content and stop pursuing worldly values but pursue what God says to pursue. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, gentleness, kindness. Are you hearing me? Focus on that. And when you focus on that, I mean, no God can add to you. And when he, when he, when he adds to you, you'll be saying, I'm not in that. Because you know, because you're living the eternal life. Go ahead and stand, stand with me. Jeremiah um, 29 verse 11. This verse is known by many people. Remember that verse where it says, um, for I know the plans I think towards you. Plans that are good and not evil. To give you a hope. I know what? See, when you go after the worldly values, that's a mindset or a mentality that says that, that's, that your future is, under, is, is here. The Bible says, listen, you came into this world with nothing and you were somebody in God's eyes. And you're going to leave this world with nothing. Has anybody ever seen a tow truck? Uh, uh, no, like, uh, like, uh, no, like a removal van following a hearse. I mean, no, you can't take it with you. <laughs> you, never, you, never, you can't take it with you. Yeah, the only thing that follows a hearse is, is, is family members and friends. Morning. You don't see no one taking all, 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 all their stuff with them. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. That's a bit of truth there. <laughs> I, a quick testimony, then we're going to pray. Many, 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 many moons ago, when I went to prison, I think 20 odd years ago, just to put some of you at ease, they put me in this prison and they locked me away and said, You got three, bam, three and a half years, Mr. Bragg. I was like, Lord have mercy. I've gone into this prison now, up, up in Norwich. And I'm in, yeah, some of you might know it. Anyway, some of you, some of you girls might know it when you go and visit somebody. Anyway, <laughs> so twenty years, so I was, I was I was in this prison, man, and and like the, you, you 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 could get this like um I can't remember to call it, but like gate fever or something. In other words, you can't get no peace there. You can't have no you can't can't have a life there, because all you're thinking about is getting that. All you're thinking about is the day you want to get out. You're watching the clock every second of the day. you just got no peace because you can't get a peace where you're at because you want to be there. And I'm 
is driving me mad. It's driving me crazy. Somebody must have been praying for me because I weren't in, in the Lord or anything like that. But some, one day it came to me, just imagine, imagine that you're not getting out. You've got a life sentence. This is, this is you for the rest of your life. And I remember being in my cell and saying, okay, yeah. And I started to like, almost like um, hypnotize myself, drum into me. You're not getting out of prison. This is your life for the rest of your life. You're here. So I managed to like convince myself of that. And my whole, my, 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 my whole existence in prison changed. All of a sudden now, I stopped thinking about when I'm going to get out. I stopped watching the clock, the date, the, 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 the time. And I started to make the most of where I was at. I, I, are you hearing me? Such peace came upon me. Guys were coming and going. Guys were coming. And they were crazy. They were going mad. They, they didn't have no peace. But I had such peace. Next minute, I started to, I started to, I just started to do my thing. Started to work my little hustle in there and all that. I won't go there. But let me tell you, let me tell you something. I was happy. I was happy. And when I come out of prison now, and then they put me in this rehab home. <clears throat> so I'm trying to get off this drug lifestyle and stuff like that. And again, I'm, oh gosh, I want to get out of this place. Man. Like some of you do when you come to church. Uh, uh, when's it going to stop? My time's up. Let me just take it quickly. When's it, uh, uh, when my time's up, my, my time's up. But then I remembered what, while, I, while I was in there, hey, I use that principle in prison. Why don't I use that principle here? While, 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 while I'm in this rehab home with these crazy people. So instead of me wanting to get out and get back to that life and do this and do that, I put it in my mind, say, hey, you know what? I'm here for, what, for, for however, for, for what did I give myself? I gave myself two years. I said, you're here for two years, so stop thinking about getting out, wondering when you're going uh, um, to get graduated and stuff. So two years. As soon as I got, I got my mind right, I started to read properly. I started to, I started to develop things, the things of God in my life. I started to be blessed. Things started to get so much better for me. I was at peace. In fact, I loved it in there. It was like it was like on Fort Park. It was like an adventure to me. Honestly, because all of a sudden, I'm just trying to be godly. And when something happened, I wasn't godly. I was like, darn, man, wait till tomorrow, man. I got, yeah. So I started changing because my focus changed. I went after godliness and righteousness. And guess what happened? I got graduated. I got released. Bang on nine months. Some people know when you seek first the kingdom of God, what needs to happen in your life, God brings the opportunity and he adds to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. You ready to pray? Is there anything in your life you need to become content with? Come on, say amen if that's you. Say amen if you know there's something in your life you need to like get, get, get to grips with. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Come on, just, just, just lift your hands. Your hands lifted. Those of you who've got a mouth, just say amen. All right, now go ahead and pray. Begin to pray for yourself. Begin to pray. You pray to your Father in heaven. Thank him for the word he spoke to your life. Ask him to show you areas of your, show you areas of your life where he believes that, that there needs to be a work in your life, in that area of your life. Ask him to direct you. Ask him to, to remind you. Ask him to convict and persuade you of his will. Because that's what faith is. The prosperity message says you can get God to do your will. No. The gospel is that God empowers and enables us to do his will. That's it. Talk to God. Talk to God. 
Ask Him to help you, to convict you, to remind you. Ask Him for the, ask him for the discernment of spirits, of demons and devils, so you can discern when something is from the devil and not from God. So that you can discern what's from God, what's true from lie. Because people are literally being taught by devils and demons in their homes and their churches. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the prayer. Say, God, speak to my life. I want to help me to be content. Teach me, Lord. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to stop hungering after things I don't need to hunger for. Show me what I need to pursue. Show, remind me, Lord. Secure it in my life. Secure it in my heart. I want to remember what you spoke to me. I don't want to forget. I can't afford to forget, Lord. I need to establish this and, this and implement this in my life. I need to appropriate your truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we just thank you and bless you for your word today. To our lives and to our hearts this day. And everyone said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. You got it here quick. Show my money quick, boy. Yeah, take it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. See, she's such, such a hurry to, to take my money off me. Praise the Lord. Come on, give her a warm, warm welcome. Praise the Lord, church. Good afternoon. Um, we're just going to do our announcements first. And I'm just going to open up with um, life groups for this week. So with our life groups every Wednesday with Pastor Carol and that starts at I think 7.30 I believe so if you want more information you can speak to her after the service my second announcement is on our Mega Sunday our Mega Sunday our Mega Sunday Amen I just want to say that um, the invitation hasn't come from us it's come from the Lord so the Lord is inviting you to come Next Sunday for our mega service, please bring your friends, your families. I really want to particularly talk to the women because I know that we have lots of brothers, we have lots of nephews and male friends. And this has been tested actually, so I'm just going to share something with you and suggest something, okay? When you're talking to your male friends, let them know first that there's food, right? Because we know, okay, that a way to, one of the ways to a man's heart is through food and I've tested it Carton Ferris amen amen so that's just a little suggestion for you that when you're talking to your male friends your brothers your cousins whoever it is just let them know there's food first then you can talk about the surface after amen amen hallelujah so just to let you know that we're starting our service early we're starting at 11 o'clock and before I finish up before I call Shannon I'm just going to say to you, and I shared it yesterday with some of um, my sisters, early is on time. Say it with me. Early is on time. Say it. Early is on time. On time is late. On time is, and late is unacceptable. Say it. Late. So I'm expecting you to be here at 10.30, not even 11 o'clock so you can help set up. Amen? 
Okay, I'm done here with the announcements, but I'm going to call up the lovely Shannon. Give her a hand clap. She's going to tell you a little bit about New Year's Eve. Good afternoon, church. Amen. Okay, so for those that were not here, or those that don't know, so this New Year's Eve, we're going to be having our very first, well, it's going to be a New Year's Eve crossover celebration. So it's going to be a time where we're going to come together with entertainment, there's going to be some games, and we're also going to be having our very first lip sync battle. Okay? So it's going to be fun. So it's our New Year's Eve crossover celebration service. So we're going to usher in the presence of God. We're going to exalt him. We're going to go into a new season with new beginnings. And we're also going to have some fun and fellowship while we do it. Okay? So just a quick little note about some information. So as we know, New Year's Eve is on the 31st of December. So <laughs> for those who don't know. All right? So I just want to encourage everyone to come out. Invite your friends. Invite your family. It's going to be an 80s, 90s theme. Okay? So come in fancy dress. Come in your favorite artists, whether it's MJ, to Shaka Khan, whoever. So whatever artist you're going to be performing as, come as that artist. So I encourage all the leaders, pastors, everyone to get involved. Okay, so it's going to start at 9 o'clock p.m. So as Sister Yvette said, try and get it a little bit early so we can start promptly on time. Uh, the tickets are £5, so that's for an adult. Uh, we have family tickets available for £10. Okay, so if you want to see me for further information, just see me after the service. So £5 a ticket, and that's going to include the games, the fellowship, as well as food available for sale. And then, also, I have sign-up sheets. Okay, so anybody that knows what song they want to do, and the artist, come and see me after and just sign up. If not, you can see me next week, and we'll be able to sign you up for that. Okay. So any further information, just come and see me. So I encourage everyone to come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be hosting it. So you know, it's going to be lit. So it's going to be good. All right, and everyone come fancy dress. Amen? All right, good. Oh, yeah, sorry. Even the pastors. Yes, pastors too. So, we're going to take up our tithe and offering. Can the ushers please take your positions? So, I'm just going to read from um, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 9, sorry, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And the word of God says, But this I say, he which soweth se- um, sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed, his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but for God love loveth a cheerful giver. The one word that I want to talk about today from that that verse is heart. And I just want to run parallel with the parable that Jesus shares about the sower. And he tells a story of a sower who scattered a seed on four different types of soil. The first type of ground was hard that's a hard heart the second type of ground was stony and that's a heart that's never convicted the third type of ground was thorny and that's a heart that has so many distractions and the fourth ground was good soil a heart that receives allows and represents I'm going to return to 2nd Corinthians 9 7 
Paul talks about not to, 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 to give grudgingly. And it also talks not to give out of necessity. Now, I'm just going to stop there just for one moment. I want to share an experience with you. When I first gave my life to the Lord, and I was traveling through these different types of hearts back and forth. And when I used to talk to some people about giving, like my mum, for example, my mum would say, don't give the church too much. Give them 10 pounds, right? And when I used to sit down and watch these big time pastors driving their cars, and I had this, this kind of like perception that, wow, look at how they've got all this, these houses as pastor talked about and all these cars and look at the congregation. And then when I used to do a lot for the church, my children would say, why are you doing that for the church? What are they doing for you? So there's all these different things going in my mind. And I got stuck. And after a few years, when I started to read this, these verses, and when Paul was talking about give of a cheerful heart. But the fact is, you have to have the right heart. Because if you don't have the right heart, then what happens is you then think you then get into this this habit of well I'm just going to give out of a duty it's going to be duty bound and when you give out of a duty there's no love there's no cheer there's no joy so in saying that I'm in a lovely place right now where I see where our funds go and it goes to furtherance different departments it goes to furtherance this church and I know in time, we will come at the doors and we will reach out as God has instructed us to. So let me get back on to finishing what I want to say. I just want to share with you what some of these, these words mean. To give grudgingly means that we are reluctant to give. Or we can give in a resentful manner. To give out of necessity means to give because you've been told. And... We come up here and tell you, and the Word of God tells you, but you have to allow the Word of God to instruct what you need to do. And lastly, to give out of cheer means to give full of spirit, to promote cheer, and to show that you're given because you want to give, not because someone's telling you to do so. So while I leave you to prepare your giving, and you know I always like to leave you with something, it's like a little suspense. We all go through different heart stages of the parable of the sower, because we do, that Jesus shared. However, some of, us, some of us remain stuck, but only you know why you remain stuck, and only God knows why. And the only way you're going to come unstuck, if you give it to God, and God shows you what you need to do, because only God knows. In saying this, Paul tells us that to sow sparingly, you will also reap sparingly. So what shall our request be unto our Lord today? So, lift up your envelopes. While preparing your giving for this house, let God remove any hindrances, hindrances or blockages that you have so that you can give out of a full spirit and give with full cheer. Amen? Amen. Lord Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for your word, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father. And I just ask that you touch each and everyone's heart today, O oh God. You know what's in our hearts, O oh Lord. You know what 
what blockages we have, oh Lord, or what hindrances is stopping us, oh Lord, from, from giving how you want us to give. Lord, I ask that you bless this money. Bless this offering, oh Lord, as I commit it to you. And Lord, Heavenly Father, let it go where you want it to go. And I ask that you bless each and every person today. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a card machine at the back. You can come up and give to the Lord. Father, I just thank you, O oh Lord, for the service and for your people. And I ask, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, that you continue to bless each and every one of us. And that, Lord, we will continue to go home and we would read your word and we would search for you. I ask that you bless each and every one for the upcoming week, O oh Lord. And, Lord, I ask for traveling mercies. We glorify you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stay behind for some cuisine and some fellowship. Amen. Amen.